be Doc. Or Kubelik back to Doc. He drives to the backhand. He scores! Kirby Doc has now extended a point streak to four games in a row. The first scoring streak for the kid. And he breaks the scoreless deadlock. And now the Hawks the other way. Smith. Doc right to the goal. He scores! What a move to the backhand. Great pass by Zach Smith. And Kirby Doc with his underrated skating ability get right to the net. Here's the loose puck right in the score! What a maneuver by Patrick Kane. That was a 50-50 puck that Kane came up with with his brilliant hands. And it's 3-0. Clear to center. Bouncing puck stolen by Saad. He drives. He tried to go backhand. And McCabe checks it. Now Tate. He scores! Brandon Saad stayed right with it. Fed the captain. And it's 4-0. The end is here. The game is over. How's it going, everybody? I am Luke, and of course, as always, I'm joined by Joe for this edition, the ninth episode, I believe. That's what we titled it in our little session here of the Charging Buffalo podcast, presented by Just Dish and Hockey. Use the promo code TCB at checkout for 10% off your order. Joe, uh, I mean, well, folks, before I go with that, you heard at the top of the show here the, the music currently playing underneath us, uh, the WWF Armageddon 2000 theme song uh, by Mr. Jim Johnston himself. The end is indeed here, folks. Uh, the Sabres have lost eight of their last nine hockey games. And, and the things... only reason they won that one is because Jack Eichel was... And it was was the Ottawa Senators. I mean, uh, I forget who said this, but how funny is it that the Buffalo Sabres need four goals from Jack Eichel, from one man, Mm -hmm. just to beat the Ottawa Senators? And I only got to watch about half of that game, but they didn't look that great. I mean, Ottawa Ottawa looked reminiscent to the tanking Sabres, but they, they tried, I mean... Tyler Ennis they scored. Don't have that much talent, but Tyler Ennis had a goal. That's always a fun little it's a weird seeing occasion. Him in a Senators jersey, but yeah, well. yeah, whatever. I know people people really hold on to those Tyler Ennis memories. That'll be his career until he fizzles out of the league in a couple of seasons, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Bouncing around from cellar dweller to cellar dweller, most right. likely. I mean, he did play for the Leafs last year, yeah, but plugging yeah. in holes here and there in a lineup and. That's the He's the perfect tank player. Skill, right. not too good, but he can pot you some goals. Oh, tanks, tanks, tanks. We might hear a bit about a tank, a particular tank in this episode. Yeah, I know you got, yeah. you want to sound off on that. We got some takes today, folks. Just uh, prepare yeah, yourself. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's an overreaction Monday kind of thing, but I don't know. Things got to be said. Well, you know what? Uh, it's like, how are... Buffalo fans supposed to be optimistic when... When there's no reason to be optimistic. Well, this weekend, you beat... Yeah, you got wins, but you beat the two worst teams in their respective sports, right? The Miami Dolphins and, and the, the Ottawa, Ottawa Senators on yeah. back-to-back nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just get this off our chest right now. Um, Are they really this bad? Or... 
you know, are they really this bad, or are they just underperforming right now? What do you think? Uh, well, here it's important to consider that literally half of the lineup is injured right now. True. Half, at least, if you count, if it's we're going with forwards, there's there's six guys hurt right now. Uh, Zach Bogosian's out. Uh, I'm not just talking about forwards anymore, but there's, I mean, there's Johansson, five, six Larson, guys injured. Kyle Pozo is out Opozo, indefinitely. We'll get, we'll More get on to that, that later. later. Uh, Thompson now too. Tage Thompson is out three to five weeks, mm-hmm. and it's not a good look. Well, uh, Bogosian's the only defenseman injured right now, is he not? I think so. Right. Yeah, I'll bring up the injury report, but yeah, but we have Sabotka. This to run over again. Sabotka, Larson, Thompson. I mean, they're Bogosian. not really losing that many key players there. Opozo. There's, I mean, the guys, though, that were playing when they were winning are hurt, and of course, I mean, they were here when the losing began again. Listen, I think the team is just bad, okay? I think that we... And if you've been listening, you you mm-hmm. know that, because... Right, this is exactly... This is what we thought was going to happen. Uh, if you bought in one month into the season, if you thought the team was good after a 10-game sample size, I don't know what to tell you. All right. Uh, yeah, we were getting excited too, but I mean, well, you see their name next to the number one in right. first and place. It's hard and, not to. Yeah. Uh, but um, you know, uh, it's it's how it happened, and I mean, we're all concerned, of course, because of how these last couple of games have went. Jack Eichel's still the only guy who can score. I mean. Well, only we can really the three guys Skinner, Reinhardt, Skinner really Eichel hasn't scored that much recently. Either, are the only ones who can score. I, it's just been Eichel and Reinhardt. Yeah, Reinhardt scored what three in Sweden? Something like he that. did. But here's a fun little exercise here. Let's think about this. How many teams in the league are the Sabers definitely better than? Oh. <sighs> How many? Well, we're not better than Chicago. That was shown last night. Chicago, I think, though, is not as bad as... Yeah, yeah. It's it's just, it's just their core three that are keeping mm-hmm. them afloat. All right, let's take a look at all the teams that are... Well, go from reverse standings. Minnesota, they're definitely better than Minnesota. Detroit, right, for sure. Kings. Right. Senators. Are they definitely better than the Blue Jackets? I don't think so. No. No, no. the Blue Jackets are... They're a fringe playoff team, I would think. Yeah. Devils and Rangers. No, I don't think so. Tampa, definitely not. San Jose is better than their record shows on track. Nashville, no. Toronto, no. Anaheim, maybe. Are they better than Anaheim? No. 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 Chicago, eh, probably not. Calgary, Mm -mm. I don't think so. Mm. Vegas, no. And then you got Buffalo at 16. Well, in the limited amount of Calgary games I've watched this year, they're not the same team they were last Mm -hmm. year. I don't know if... The loss of Valimaki is that shaking to them? Maybe. Or if, what if Lucic is just a poor influence or something? I don't know. Well, I, they're just they're not the same team as they were. But yeah. now it's like the teams above the Sabers. Vancouver, no. I like Vancouver a lot this year. Vancouver, they're a fun team to watch. Yeah. they're very entertaining. But uh, I, maybe it's just too fresh. For me to buy in yet, mm-hmm. I think give me till February, and that's when I'll start believing. Dallas, maybe. Dallas, no. I, I I chose them to win the Central. I still think they're a good team. Maybe not division winner. I'd still but. take Philly over the Sabers. Pittsburgh, even without Crosby, I'd yes. take them. Winnipeg, that's amazing. That they're you know what? The Sabers doing in, so well without defensemen on their team. 
The Sabres and Jets are pretty similar, I think, roster-wise right now. Especially, you know, not the greatest mm-hmm. defense in the world. But yeah, the point is, there's not many teams that the Sabres are definitely better than. This could be another rough finish, and I know people don't want to hear it, but, you know, we're just going to tell it like it is. Uh, they're still not getting scoring. They're only getting scoring from the top line again. That secondary scoring kind of fizzled out, and it sucks. But And the one bit of secondary scoring they got against the Hurricanes, I mean, Curtis Lazar had the... That was a nice goal. But, of course, it's emblematic of the struggles the past couple of years was that Johan Larson scores practically off his own butt. I think his back was his face. He was facing the goalie, I I think. Uh, It was nice to see Skinner score against the Hurricanes, though. Yeah, and he he technically assisted that one. Yoki scored, too. Right. But, yeah, I just... The fact that Colin Miller has been scratched, yeah, has he been... He's kind of cool. He's, he has cooled off since the beginning, let's be honest there. But he shouldn't be scratched. Are you kidding me? Has this Ralph Kruger watched Rasmus Ristolainen and Jake McCabe play all season long? That's what I'd like to know. Jake McCabe has been god-awfully atrocious all season long. Ristolainen's been better, but they should not be playing 25 minutes a night. It's just I, it's been mind-boggling. I don't understand. Before I get to what I was going to say, how many people... How many hosts could just seamlessly deliver Jake McCabe and Rasmus Ristolainen having god-awful like you did right there? That was <laughs> just clean. Uh, well, no, Jake McCabe and Rasmus Ristolainen, McCabe specifically has turned into a plague on this team. A plague he's on this become, team. He's the new beating boy, honestly. Like, I don't even think, when I'm watching and the game, I'm like, oh, Ristolainen, where are you doing? It's, it's McCabe now. You know, Jake McCabe was my boy. Mm-hmm. I always liked Jake McCabe. But... This year, he's he's been absolute cheeks, quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, and you know what cheeks I'm talking about. <laughs> More on that later. Uh, I I think of the goal when... what It might have been the third Hurricanes goal when he is in front of the goaltender, and it's a long pass. This is a pass from next to the half wall, maybe just past the blue line. Uh, through the slot, it's going diagonal towards the corner, and McCabe... This should be an easy pick, okay? But it goes underneath him or something. It's, it it defies me how this puck got past Jake McCabe and into the Sabres net. But he's turned into quite a problem. It's amazing to me how they can be so bad the last 10 to 15 games. Yeah, let's say 10 games. And Kruger's just like, yeah, it's fine. Ah, uh, well, you know, he's, you know, he's like, well, you know, uh, I think we did some good things right, you know, uh, I think we, uh... To be completely honest, I have not listened to anything this man has said. I I mean, I'm going to say right now, I soured on him in the preseason when I saw Vladimir Saboka online, too. Uh, but the point is, well, it's I, haven't, like I haven't listened to anything this man says after the games. I you... just tune it out. I don't care what he has to say. Uh, I, I don't think he's a good coach. I'm... Usually, I like to reserve judgment, but I mean, man, I'm not going to go that far yet. I don't. I just Listen, don't see it. I really just do not see it. The players we have need to go. Yeah, Larson and Gert. But and it's I his, don't. I, it's I, his I utilization still. of the players that he has, though. Why is Colin Miller sitting and Jake McCabe is still on the top pair? Why, up until he got hurt, injured? Why is Vladimir Smoka playing 
let alone on in the top six. Why, I mean, Olsen has been playing well, but, like, why is Skinner not with Eichel? Why is Reinhardt still with Eichel? There well, are so many, why, I mean, this is more of a Bottrell problem here, but why does Casey Middleset have Jimmy VC and Curtis Lazar on his wings? There are so many question marks around this team, the current construction of this team right now, and Kruger's player usage, where I'm just like, what are you doing? The thing is with me, the big black eye on Phil Housley and Dan Bilesman were, oh, they change their lines too much, which happens all around the league, to be completely honest. Every team changes their lines. But Kruger, this team is basically dying right in front of our very eyes, and he is not changing anything. Yeah, guys are getting hurt, but what are you doing? Well, the Colin Miller thing... Just speaks just to terrible asset management. The, the terrible, awful asset management. Trading a third round pick second was round, it a second, second round pick? Round pick. I mean, oh. if it's in twenty twenty one, but oh, a second round pick for a guy that's on your bench in the press box. Not even. Mm-hmm. When is he going to get back in the lineup? Now I don't know. Well, that's why I was like, oh man, they they beat Ottawa, so that means we're going to see Kyle Miller in the press box some more because it's, you know what happens? You can't change a winning lineup. It's becoming to, uh, increasingly clear to me, and I had a feeling this was the case as well, that Bottrell doesn't have a plan. He doesn't. He doesn't have a plan. He did not have a plan. Maybe he did have a plan, but it didn't work. I don't think all these defensemen being here was to cover up for injuries. I thought that it was just it might it don't it might just be Bottrell. Not being able to make a deal. Completely, maybe not even that. Maybe he just didn't think better enough to have eight defen- eight defensemen on your active roster. And, and I don't even think he was banking on Hunwick being hurt, too. Well, let's not forget about him. Yeah, he's not playing, and he's not going to play, but... And I'll tell you what's scary to think about. I wouldn't put it past this team to bench Montour. I wouldn't put him... Past, put it past this team to scratch Rasmus Dahlin either. Yeah. I, you sat him for the third period. An entire period. Yeah, he hasn't been good this year. He hasn't been good, but it's unlucky plays. I, you know, I have no reason to back this up, but I really think that they are trying to really put in his head this new... They want him to be more defensive. Just let Rasmus Dahlin be Rasmus Dahlin. I don't understand. And you know what? This is You're, the, It's like trying to make... A Lamborghini, a tow truck. Mm-hmm. Like, That's what's the point? point? What's the point? Mm-hmm. Just let let him skate up the ice mm-hmm. and create offense. Get someone who can cover up for him on defense. Right. You're, I think that maybe they're confusing him. Who knows? But there's something wrong. And ju- if Darlene is in Kruger's doghouse, that is a fireable offense immediately, in my opinion. I know people don't want to hear, oh, we need to fire the guy right now. because, But I don't care. Rasmus Dahlin is arguably the most important piece to this franchise right now, and if he's clashing with the coach already, which I don't know if he's clashing with him or not, but clearly it's something's wrong there. Well, what clearly. if there's a chance that Dahlin had his mom here last year, okay? What if mentally it's just a thing where he's, be, he might be homesick? Know. Maybe. Maybe, I don't know. Well, the Sabres... I don't know what's going on, but... The Sabres have wrong. have long been the suburban hockey dad of the NHL. They are the resident dad of the NHL. Reliving their glory days much like they are this year while completely avoiding the ineptitudes of the present day, quite frankly. Yes. 
And that goes for having grit and jam in your lineup with McCabe and Ristolainen's I'll hit him method of defense where he just makes contact with the body and doesn't seem to do anything else fundamentally. But, I mean, uh, they're here to stay. They're not going anywhere. Well, yeah, clearly. Yeah. Uh, who's going to take Jake McCabe? I don't know. Would someone trade for him? Well, they trade him. They probably love him. He's playing on top. Our air. pleas are falling on deaf ears. I don't know. Bottrell doesn't. I really, I know everyone's saying, oh, they're trying to make a deal, but is it going to happen? It's November. It's mid-November. Yeah, teams... Deals don't happen right now. He waited too long, and now there's a premium's going to be high. If you're make, if you're going out there and asking for a trade, you're go, you're looking at other teams' trade blocks. Mm-hmm. No one is well, just getting. Who's out of it right now? Who is 100% out of it that's selling? It's LA, Minnesota, Ottawa. Ottawa. That's about it. Everyone else is still in the hunt. Mm-hmm. I mean, Det- well, is there are. Well, Detroit. I don't think Detroit's don't think got selling. anything to deal right yeah. now. Yeah, they're trying to add. But, yeah, there are some good players. But, and Bottrell, he's going to come out and say, oh, we don't want to mortgage the future, blah, blah, blah. But you don't have to mortgage your future to add. They don't have any forwards. They don't have any forwards in their organization right now, no. to be completely honest, that are under contract. The only two forwards that are eligible to be called up right now who aren't hurt are JSDA and uh, Andrew Ogilvie. That's it. Like, they're going to have to be – if there's a couple more injuries to this forward group, they might have to call up uh, Matei Picard from Barry or Dylan Cousins from Lethbridge. That It's a legitimate possibility at this point. But I guess uh, – Hold on. I got the injury report here. Uh, Lar- yeah, Johansson and Larson are all day-to-day. Same thing with Bogosian. Bogosian was actually on the wing at practice. So, so what do you do then? If you have Bogosian practicing a wing, he's not going to stay there. He's a filler. Yeah, but. it's a filler, but like, mm-hmm. just put Ristolainen at wing. Yeah. Why not? Do it. I don't know. Oh, that would for be so game. fun. For one game. Whatever. That would be very fun. I mean, it, it's it's adversity. Mm-hmm. The team has to overcome it eventually. And then you don't have to scratch a defenseman. No. I don't know. Uh, while I got the injury report up, let's go through it. Bogosian, hip injury, day-to-day, pract- return to practice this week. Johansson, upper body, day-to-day. Larson, upper body, day-to-day. Now the scary part. Oposo, a concussion. Sustained that. Was that in the Chicago game? Yes. Yeah, Chicago game. No, he didn't play yesterday. Oh, yeah, he didn't play. Which? Ottawa. Ottawa. Yeah, it was Ottawa. I missed that part of the game. But, yeah, got a concussion, got right off the bench, and then he got hit. And he's listed as out indefinite. So is this the last that we've seen of Kyle Poso in the NHL? I'm going to say, and you'll know what I mean, I hope so, For the sake of his own health. For the sake of... Not because of the salary cap. And I might have said this when he had his last one, Yeah, I think we both said it. We're pleading with him. He should have stopped... Because what if this is it now? It's it's not fun watching him anymore. Like, just because of these injuries. He's going out there killing himself. Fourth concussion in three years, I believe. Nothing is is worth that kind of punishment and, and torment. Yeah. You'll get paid just... I get it. You love the game, but for the love of God, I mean, you gotta love your your sanity better than that. You gotta be selfish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be tough. It's. Uh, I I hope he, for the sake of his health, that he is okay. It, it's like I don't know. 
I mean, the same reason for why it's awful watching the Miles Garrett helmet thing with yeah. Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph missed a game earlier with a, con- with a concussion this year, and he gets walloped over the head again this year. And it could have killed him that one. Yeah. Like, and and he comes right back. He comes right back. But oh, just any kind of head injury. I don't know how people can come back from one. And this man in about Let in the hospital. Four. Yeah. Yeah. A, a horrible hospital yeah, thing with I'm, it. And, I'm pretty sure that. John Vogel article on The Athletic is still unlocked, so definitely go check that out, the story of Oposo's concussion from two years ago. But, yeah, I, I really don't mind Oposo this year. He's, I mean, he's he's carved out a new role. He's a fourth-line guy, and he's pretty good at it. So, mm-hmm. uh, In response to the Oposo concussion, Tage Thompson called up, got hurt in his first game in Buffalo, three to five weeks. So that hurts uh, yeah. in itself. And yep. Sabotka, he's out four to six weeks after being low-bridged in Sweden. Uh, in Rochester, only uh, serious injuries here that would concern Buffalo. Scott Wilson's out week-to-week with a lower body injury. C.J. Smith, lower body injury, four to six weeks. And Remy Alley, week-to-week with a lower body injury. Other guys are not on NHL deals. Yeah, so guys are dropping like flies. No trades. Bad lineups. And we're just going to sit around, Bottrell's going to sit around and play his fiddle as the city burns around him, apparently. Just like last year. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. It's just like 16-17 with Tim Murray. They, I mean, they were close. They, and the only, they, could, they didn't even sell. They, Dan Cadenacci for Matt Bodie was the only deal made in the season that year. Did Matt Bodie ever, like, play no, for the Sabres? No, he never did. Yeah. No. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just frustrating. And... I wanted to go switch directions to this. Well, what, what? No, go ahead, go ahead. Go well, ahead. no, what were you going to talk about? I want to talk about Bottrell and what what's going to happen if things don't change. You talk about Bottrell, then I'll get into my rant. Okay, okay. So, hypothetical, this is basically a carbon copy of last year, but it died quicker. Because right about now, the Sabres would have been on, like, game six or five of their 10-game winning streak a year ago. So what if they just keep dying and then they get to the point where, oh, maybe we just don't add. Maybe we sell. Okay, Bottrell sells at the deadline. Sherry goes. They trade Bogosian for, like, a sixth-round pick. VC goes. Who else are the UFAs? Scandala goes. They they trade those four guys. Okay. They add, like, three or four picks, maybe a low-end prospect. Fine. Then what? Okay, they another bottom ten finish. Maybe they win the lottery. They get Lafreniere, Byfield, Raymond, Holtz. A nice forward to go into the already pretty decent forward group. All right, then what? The Sabres have roughly $30 million of cap space next year. Lots of RFAs. Decisions to be made. What if they win Quentin Byfield? Then they got a decision to make on Casey Middlestat. They just drafted Dylan Cousins. You would imagine they would keep him over Middlestat. Middle stats and RFA, what are they going to do there? They got four high, high-ish quality centers. You got Eichel, middle set, Cousins, and then in this hypothetical situation, Quentin Byfield. What do you do there? You got to move two of them to the wing. Maybe you keep one as a third-line center. Who knows? Maybe they keep him. I don't know. But then another thing, the cap space. They got all that, and then what if Oposo's done? They put him on LTIR. That's another $6 million in cap space. So now you're up to close to $40 million in cap space. Brandon Montour, RFA, what is he? 
Is he a guy that you want to go forward with? Is he? Is he not? I don't know. You already got all those right-hand defensemen. Is Jason Bottrell the guy that we can trust making all these calls in the offseason? Right now, I don't think so. I think you're asking questions that even Bottrell himself has not asked himself. Mm-hmm. Or maybe even thought of. And also, what do they do with Rasmus Ristolainen? What do they do with Jake McCabe? Is Lawrence Pilot ever going to play? I don't know. No. I really don't think he is. Are they... I think we are stuck in a time loop right now. There are so many questions going... I'm ready for next offseason already. Like, I... It's not even fun to watch these games anymore. It's not even fun to do this anymore. Mm-mm. It's not. It's Quite just, frankly, it's not. Yeah. Know? I mean... It's just, even when they were winning, like, you knew, oh, this isn't going to last. I knew. I mean, I, it's just, it's become a chore even because to talk about this team anymore. The moment this team loses a couple games in a row, they completely fold. They are, they are so weak mentally. And that might be my biggest complaint about them, is that how evident it is that these guys, they, they can't get over the little things. They always say it's about coming to the rink the day after a loss and, and just being excited to play and forgetting about the day before. Mm-hmm. They haven't done that, though. Another they question. aren't practicing what they preach. Another question. Are they going to go with the same goaltending tandem next year? Both of them are under team control another year. There's It's just so much going into next year. Next year's a big year. And it's not just because we're wearing royal blue. Oh, that's right. That's happening. Yeah. That's a thing. Huh. Is Bottrell the guy that we can trust to do these things? And right now, I don't think he is. And Sam Reinhardt's extension. Are they going to be like, okay, you, you deserve the money, which he does. Are they going to give him the money? He should. Let's just, I we'll do this in a little bit. But I think we should go down. Like, if you think about it, all the players that Jason Bottrell's brought in, this excuse that, oh, he's fixing Murray's mistakes is over. Way over. He has put his stamp on this team. He has moved out the Murray guys. And there's still some Darcy guys here for some apparent reason. But besides that, this is his team now. He's brought in many players, most of them bad, especially his first year. They had, like, ten new players on that team. None of them were good. He traded for some bad players. He traded Ryan O'Reilly, let's not forget that, for not enough, not nearly enough. And now we're suffering because of it. It's it's tough. It's really, really tough. And I love I love Marcus Johansson. Henry Okiharu is good. Pilot's good. Montour is good. Miller is good. But all that means, and VC is not good. VC is garbage. He has to go. But... Yeah, you can bring in all these nice defensemen and these good complementary forwards. But what does it mean if you're just going to keep all... They kept 80-plus percent of the team from last year, and they were arguably just as bad as the Ottawa Senators. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. And this team, it's not going to change. Rasmus Ristolainen and Jake McCabe are still playing 20-plus minutes a night when year after year we're like, oh, just lower their minutes and they'll be fine. That hasn't happened, and is it ever going to happen? Probably not, as long as Kruger's here and Kruger sees something in them for some reason. I don't know. I don't know what to think anymore, but right now, 
Maybe it's early. It's it's 20 games in the season. We're a quarter of the way through the season, folks. I don't see things changing, and I just see this downward spiral in to continue. And I don't, maybe, yeah, maybe it sounds negative, but I think it's realistic because what has Kruger shown? Like, yeah. I believe in it. I don't see it. I just do not see it whatsoever. It's going to be another ugly year. And hopefully Terry Pagula has the stones to actually say, okay, Bottrell, you're gone. Yeah, you're, you're, you are you're have a higher character than Tim Murray and don't embarrass us in the media. But he, hasn't, he just hasn't done a good job. His first season, they came in last place. Last year, they should have came in last place. This year, what's going to happen? They're so that's arguably just as bad as t- Tim Murray's teams. They were trying to finish in last place. That was the goal, the organizational goal to finish in last place. Botro's three years here, they were trying to be good. Let's not forget that. The first year, it was, okay, let's evaluate this, and let's try and make the playoffs. Tim Murray should still be here. Mm. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to turn into that. that kind of show, but... Uh... I don't even know about that. And now the thing is, if they do decide to move on from Bottrell and Kruger, what are they going to do? They're probably just going to bring in some guy like Peter Shirelli because, you know... Tim Murray was a new guy. Bottrell's a new guy. Someone with no GM experience. And they're going to be like, oh, that was, that was a question when they were looking at GMs to replace Murray. It was, oh, Murray didn't work out because he was a new guy. Maybe we should go after a veteran GM. And they're like, you know what? No. Bottrell. He's going to be fine. Doesn't matter. But now, is that going to circle in Pagula's head if they do decide to move on? You hire the guys that work with the good GMs. <clears throat> That's been this team's motto since Tim Murray signed. It's, I don't know. I like Eric Tolsky from Carolina, the assistant GM there. Analytics guy. I'm all for let's go with the analytics. I don't care. Let's just, let's do it. Because that's the only way Rasmus Crystal Lion is going to go, in my opinion. And Jake McCabe. The bums that have been here for too long. Yeah, that, Will it happen? And if they do, if they fire uh, Bottrell, Kruger's probably going too, you would imagine at least, unless they make him like president of hockey operations or something like that. But Well, that was very well said. Should I get into my rant, though? Go ahead. Go ahead. You know where it's going. Oh, wait, right? I, I, I have a name. I have a name. <laughs> what? Uh, I mean, we're 20 games in. People yeah. are like, oh, man, you guys are getting ahead of yourselves here. But really, are we? I don't know. Bruce Boudreaux. For coach? For coach. If he's not hired, he's, if he's not fired midseason, which he probably will be, Minnesota's in last place right now, and I don't see that getting any better, uh, he would be, I wanted him to be the coach this year, uh, but I would love him as the coach next year if they decide to move on from the two bumbling idiots. Mm-hmm. Well, there's that, there, there's that word, there's that term that I asked if we should throw about, and well, there you go. Oh, my turn then. Ah. Folks, I've come to grips with this reality over the last week or so, last couple of days. But uh, the tank failed. All right. Joe, you and I, I think, had different definitions on what exactly constitutes the tank. Was the tank simply the act of finishing last place? Or the tank? does the story of the tank and its influence extend beyond... The Eichel draft. Does it go into the next it ends season? the day that Jack Eichel put on the jersey, I think. Now, you see, the way I see it, 
is the long-term goal of the tank was to make this team into a competitor. People were saying in 2020, it's going to be the Oilers and it's going to be the Sabres well, it's in the, the Stanley Cup. It's the Oilers right now. Maybe it'll be the Oilers if they're for real. We don't know yet that that yet. Connor McDavid is for real, and he is carrying the Edmonton Oilers. Connor McDavid is an animal. He is an animal on skates. He's an untamable beast. But, come on. Let's be real, folks. What about the tank worked? I mean, they got Jack Eichel. They got Jack Eichel. And Sam Reinhart. They got Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhart. What has that done for this team? Nothing. Nothing. The ex- Nothing. The execution Whoa. after. Well, look at that. The tank. Who would have thought that you could get two great players and still have that project be a failure? Now but the problem. It's not that they got Eichel and Reinhardt. It's because they traded for thirteen or seventeen first and second round picks over a three or four year span. And if I check my accounts here, I think. Two of them are on the team right now. Right. And they were top two picks. Maybe the situation wouldn't have been that bad if this team could draft. <clears throat> but consistently, they waste third and fourth and fifth round picks. My mouth. Ugh. On the Jimmy VCs of the world twice. Right. Right. 40 point getters. A guy who's probably going to get 15 points this year if he's lucky. If he's lucky, yeah. He's probably not going to score. But, and we talked about this earlier off the air, but the execution. Of the tank. All right? I Execution yeah. and actually doing it, you know, are two different things. Okay? Mm-hmm. The tank being a right decision. going Deciding to tank was a good decision. Well, It was yeah, the right thing not to do. Like, I mean, people, people I'm, for some reason, the tank comes up sometimes still. It's starting to die off as a discussion a little bit. Because people are realizing but that, like, hey, this is a massive flaw. Do you remember 2012, 2013? Did you have fun watching that team play? No. no. Well, no, but... What on that team would you like to have stayed? Seriously, let's ask ourselves that question. I, well, I mean, if that's the alternative to what we're going through now, would it hurt? Yes. How so? I mean, at least we got Jack Eichel to watch. But we yeah, knew Yeah, they're what we losing had with talent, but they had nothing and they were losing. More on Jack Eichel... In a moment. What if they? Because what if they let Thomas Vanek and Ryan Miller and Jason Pominville walk? Or heck, what if they extended them to seven, eight-year contracts? Then we're the LA Kings. But why couldn't you just get rid of those guys and still try and be competitive, like the Canadians have done now? I think teams might be learning. Then you don't from, have. Then you don't even have Jack Eichel. Then teams you got nothing. Teams might be learning from what. The Sabers and the oil, the Oilers did and failed at. I don't. I think and now rebuilding on the teams, fly is a thing. Teams aren't tanking anymore because of the new lottery. That's what it is. It was easy to tank then because, like, oh, but what about I the Senators? Get, I can come in last place and get Jack Eichel. You know, but the Senators. And I'm kind the of Senators have no point. other option. All their players wanted to leave. They're even. I think the Senators are truly trying to win this year. Like, organizationally, they're trying to win. It's just they're bad, and they none of their players wanted to sign, so they had to trade them. It was all supposed to be fixed by this point. It's just something in me is triggered seeing on Twitter and stuff pop up that the tank worked. I, I, I It depends on what your just definition of the tank is. How? I think there needs to be a cleaner definition. I think the tank, though, I mean, the, the, re- ends, the rebuild failed. The ends do the not justify failed. the means. 
That's what everything is in life. That's what every decision is. Every decision has to justify whatever comes out at the end of it. And it, the tank, the decision to tank, does not justify what is going on right now. Mm-hmm. Or vice versa. The rebuild, the first rebuild you know failed. Saying. I think we're on rebuild number two right now. But, yeah, that failed. I think I, I would do what the Sabres did 100 times out of 100 to get a player like Connor McDavid. Now, and they had the best odds, and if they didn't finish in last, they would have mm. Dylan Strom or Noah Hannafin, and we would be suffering even more right now. Oh, I'm about to do this the could rest of the show. It could have been worse. I'm about to do the rest of the show without a shirt on. It is <laughs> sweltering in this studio. As the takes got hotter, so did the studio. Mm-hmm. <sighs> It's 25 degrees upstairs and 95 down here. Anyway, I digress. Uh, Jack Eichel. Folks, how much longer do you think Jack Eichel is going to want to spend his professional career in this hellhole? He's, we've, they've already, wait, was this year six? Is this year six or five? Five. My God, we've wasted five years of Jack Eichel's career. Five. Uh, when do we, like, when do we start to think that, hey, maybe this guy wanting out pretty soon is a legit possibility? I mean, he kind of wanted out when Bilesma was here. Once his contract comes up, he can walk just like Tavares walked. Tavares was a franchise player once upon a time, too, and he split. I don't want to see pictures of Jack Eichel in Boston Bruins pajamas. And you know what? For Jack Eichel's sake, if he requested a trade, I would not feel the illest of will towards him. I would not be mad. I, I, yeah, I know, I know exactly what you mean. I wouldn't if be Michael mad at the player. If request a trade, I do not blame him at all. I would be pissed at the at team, all. of course. Yeah. For letting him down. Because, remember, this is a they person. They fans that, let's think about this. Trading Jack Eichel would, are probably the worst thing that this organization has done since trading Hashik. It's right? saying Eichel... I think Hashik wanted to leave, too. Hashik did want to leave, but they didn't get anything for him. They got uh, Slava Kozlov and a first-round pick. Well... Like 30th overall. And then people say, like, Jack Eichel will never leave Buffalo. He loves it here. You love it here until you get super miserable when you're winning 25 games a year and it's snowing outside all the time. I know he's from Boston, but... The guy, if this continues, he's not going to last here long. And you know what? If he's smart, he wouldn't. Well, let's think about the logistics here. Eichel's no-move clause kicks in in two years. So What if What if we have two years left with him? We probably, I mean, if the, things don't change, we got realistically two years left of Jack Eichel before they probably trade him. If I'm Jack Eichel, if I'm him, if I have his superb amount of talent... I'm saying I'm pulling a power move. I'm saying you get this thing fixed, or I'm gone. I'm out the door. I asked McDavid did the same thing. He gave Holland two years, which that that might be over now because they're they seem to be actually good. He's still doing a lot of the work though. Mm -hmm. He and Drysital. I mean, they're over fifty points together at the moment. I don't even want to think about this, but it's it's a legitimate possibility. It's a possibility. And it's, it's a legitimate it's, possibility. It's lingering in me. It's like, man, this guy, how much more? You see, he's how scoring much more can he take? Five goals in two yeah. games when the rest of the team has done nothing. No, he has, he has all of our goals the last two games. How much more can he do for us? 
it's like blaming the defense for the Bills losing. You know, it's the same mm-hmm. exact thing. You're blaming the good the, the good part of the team. Yeah. And people will still blame Jack Eichel for whatever it is he's supposedly doing wrong. Suburban hockey dads. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, what do, what do they even get for him? What do they even ask for? Like, what are you going to trade him for? Two first-round picks and a prospect? Like, and two players? The like, sun, the moon, and the stars. There's not, like, in a salary cap world, trading a guy like Jack Eichel's hard. It's a $10 million cap hit. Not many teams can just take that on. Good Lord. Oh, I don't know. This is Hell's Kitchen right now. And I'm not talking about New York City or Gordon Ramsay's restaurant. (laughs) This is like, oh, this is Shatan's oven. Oh, man. Wow. I don't know. Oh, it's tough. God. Uh, do you want? We already touched on El Poso, didn't we? Oh, yes, yeah. we did. Oh. But yeah, what's next? Good Where do they Lord. go from here? Where do they go from here? Oh. There's no place to open up. And where do they go? Nobody has the answer. The GM doesn't have the answer. How do we have the answer? How does anybody listening to this have the answer? Nobody knows. Nobody knows until this team magically gets lucky and a wonderful GM falls into our lap. Eric Kowski. Oh, God. Man. This I don't is know. You got anything swoops. else? Do you got anything else? I don't... I think... I think we've touched on... No, I'm sorry about giving a play-by-play play play of my sweat, but holy moly. Oh. Good like, Lord. I just don't even care anymore. You know, like... It's tough. Like, everyone's just so beaten down and bruised and battered. Like, this doesn't even phase me. Like, I don't even... I'm not even mad. Do we do we sound like energetic right now? Do we sound like no? It's I, I like, this team is killing me. It's just sad. It's just very very sad. You know what kills me is that it's been nine years since the playoffs, right? It's gonna be nine years. Mm-hmm. No, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's nine at years. the moment, it's eight. Yeah. No, I thought it. Was... And it yeah, has been years. eight yeah. years right. of bad hockey. It's not mediocre teams that we've been putting up it's with. Bad. It's bad teams who can't score. It's yeah. bad hockey. It's not entertaining. Well, you know what we need? More young defensemen. More defensemen. You can't have enough defensemen. Uh, oh, it's just... They're going to uh, trade some forward for a defenseman. That's going to be their move. I can't wait till February when we finally win consecutive games the first time since October. Remember that? The, man. That, yeah, the last two games of the year was the first time they won consecutive games since, like, the streak. I don't know. Why do we put ourselves through this? Why do we keep buying season tickets? Why do we keep buying jerseys? Why do we keep going to games and supporting that dilapidated arena that they have? What... What has this team given us to justify two good streaks? This this two. product that they put on the ice. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll go off and win five in a row. And we'll look like idiots. it doesn't magically turn around. It's not going to be like, oh, they're going to beat the o five o six Sabers. They're just going to go on a rampage, and uh, Johan Larson's going to have sixty five points like Max Finneganov. It's not going to happen, and it, it, things don't change like. Jack Eichel is going to have to score 300 goals for this team to get to the playoffs. And it's it's looking a fact. Mm-hmm. This team's going to have 212 goals to end the year for the 15th year in a row, and Eichel's going to have 62 of them. 
I got nothing else to say. It's just, I'm speechless. Like I don't either. It's, I, I don't know. Oh, I'd rather not even talk about it because it's, oh, it's just a painfully boring team and I got to watch it all the time and, oh, God, it's miserable. I could be playing Xbox with my friends, but instead I feel an obligation to watch this horrible team because I want to be there when it turns around. On a lighter note, I saw this today. Me and my friend, we bought tickets to 90s night, January 4th against the Panthers. Mm -hmm. And he looked at the press release for the decade nights or whatever. They're wearing their 50th anniversary jersey every every decade night Mm -hmm. except for 90s night and 2010s night. Hmm. Ah. That's some fine investigative Does journalism there. Does that mean Goathead for the 90s night game? Mm. Does it? Because, like, why wouldn't mm. they just wear the 50th anniversary jersey? They, they, they have something cooking, and they're keeping it secret. But teams don't just introduce a new jersey in the middle of the year without announcing it. Uh, yeah. The Canucks announce all theirs. Yeah, you're right. I just, I don't even care. They don't even have to wear it. I just want to buy an Adidas Goathead the, Jack Eichel jersey. Wasn't the last time a team did a surprise unveiling of a was jersey? It, it was the Sabres yeah. in like 04 or something when they wore the white, uh, blue and gold ones. Yeah. I think so. But yeah, that's just something to keep in the back of your mind. I think we've touched on everything we wanted to rant and complain about today. I think yeah. the Sabres play tomorrow against the Minnesota Wild, so. Oh, a team that they can probably beat. God but forbid if they, if they lose to the Wild tomorrow. I, I can't know. wait till we get a backup till we get the backup goalie treatment and Alex Stalock is in because teams don't respect us enough to play their starter. That'll be fun. And we've heard that before. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's the end of this episode of the Charging Buffalo podcast. If you enjoyed, let us know. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Charging Buff. Follow us on Twitter as well. Joe TCB NHL LVKETCB. Uh, follow. Our sponsors, Justition on Twitter at Justition. Use code TCB at checkout for 10% off your order at justitionhockey.com. And we should be back next week for another episode. And if you missed any episodes, go check out our playlist on our website, thechargingbuffalo.net, and you know browse that website for more game previews and game recaps and more on the Buffalo Sabres. So, yeah, check that out. Subscribe to our podcast as well. SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Just search for Charging Buffalo Podcast and you should find it. Leave us a rating if you were so kind. And as always, Joe and Luke from Charging Buffalo Podcast. Signing off. All right, goodbye.